Go. Grace Clark! I declare bankruptcy! Bears. Beats. That'll start a lot to Depression. Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Quite you ignorant slut. Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. You're listening to Great Scott, the Office Podcast. My name is Jay Ray, and with me is my desk mate, Jacob. Hey, guys. Sorry we're coming to you a bit late, but, you know, people get sick. It is the winter after all. Yeah, suck it. (laughs) Pick up your toys and suck it. Okay, so... uh, uh we'll we'll do some housekeeping at the top of the uh lovely lovely show for all of our listeners visit uh patreon.com slash broken jars uh if you forward slash they get it (laughs) what did i say did i say backward slash i just just said slash yeah 50 50 they got it uh (laughs) slash broken jars um and you can check out our various patreon tiers uh give us a a couple buckarooskies so we can keep doing what we do uh, your support helps you not only our show at uh, broken jars at xyz uh, emails at broken jars broadcasting at gmail.com check out our other shows like the dresden file podcast um the interest of alone uh high fantasy which i'm on if you want to you know talk about writing and shit so yeah here we are uh we are starting season seven can you believe it jay ray we have no. come so far. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny because we changed the format. It feels like it took us freaking forever to get here. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it has been, I mean, it'll be two years in June that we've been doing this. Yeah, yeah. Nope, so. it's, uh, it's exciting. I, I'll tell you, too, I thought I was going to be bummed. I mean, but I realized what it is is I enjoy the first half of the seasons because the first half is always like the fun, like, hey, we're back. And it's the second half that loads on whatever the story is. And generally, the later seasons for me have been less popular. But as I was going through these episodes, positive vibes, man. So no grumpy J-Ray tonight. So season seven, episode one, um, The Assistant, I believe is what it's called. I forgot to pull up um, the episodes, uh, which is my bad. Uh, but uh, we have the cold open with their the lip sync thing, which I guess was oh no, up season seven, episode one, Neptism, directed by Jeffrey Blitz, written by Daniel Chun. Um, I don't know, like, was this like a thing, a YouTube thing that I missed somehow when it was big or what? Yeah, it was a YouTube thing. Um, it is doesn't say specifically um also not really something i was uh that's fine but yeah, yeah the, the song that. itself is nobody but me by the human beings p e i n z beings uh, and it's a catchy tune you know there's all sorts of stuff um kelly and ryan start fighting about wolf yeah uh creed doing the guitar and like someone calls him and he immediately goes to his like bluetooth yeah uh angela's not having it about she doesn't want to be on the internet even though she's in this documentary that's yeah she's got a camera on her for 
seven years at this point. Yeah. Um, it's not bad. I guess it's a fun way to bring us into the season, but I feel yeah. like I've expressed my thoughts in regards to Niagara. I don't like when they just take jokes from the internet. <laughs> and I know that's like Michael's shtick, right? Like he's always trying to call YouTube down to come and record whatever's going on. Right. Yeah. And I, there's a lot of these jokes I missed because I really didn't start watching a lot of YouTube until the last like two or three years. Now I watch a ton of it, but that's beside the point. Um, but yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of this stuff that's just missed on me. Yeah. Um, I, what I think is interesting is that, um, so I, I forgot who had recorded it, but we find out Toby's the one who's recording it. Right. Toby's recording it. Um, of course, not the <laughs> well-paid, skillful camera crew that has been following them around for six plus years. Right. Let's get Toby to do it. Oh, or maybe he was like, Toby was following the camera guy around sort of like you're directing as the camera guys were because we don't know exactly that he was with the one with the camera they just asked him how it was he said that's better right so if he was just kind of running around trying to keep track or whatever right which makes me think that like i mean it's shot like, the same way that the regular show is shot how many times did they attempt this like was this an all-day affair or michael's like we're gonna do it till we get it right kind of thing yeah i mean some surprising participation to me is jim because he like kind of gets into it uh yeah. starts off the whole thing she's really into it <clears throat> um i mean really the whole office aside from angela's on board because i feel like even oscar would be like this is stupid at some point right um oscar's in on it um i mean stanley's kind of like on it, you know he's yeah. like talking to the camera like you're behind yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty good. Uh, it's not one of those cold openings that has staying power, though. Like I find myself wanting to skip it whenever I watch it for not the podcast because it's really only cool like twice. Right. You know, unlike some of the other like cool you know gym pranks that are good regardless. Right. Uh, but yeah, then Dwight finishes it off and. I don't really know, like, because what I would want to assume about Dwight's role in this video, man, is that he must have been scripted to do something. Everybody else had, like, a bit. Right. I mean, Ryan also kind of goes rogue a bit with his wolf stuff, but Dwight just comes out from, you know, the the kitchen area wielding a large crocodile Dundee-style knife. Right. Bites the head off some stuff there. (laughs) Yeah, he's all over the place, and it's weird. Yeah, I mean, he destroys Phyllis's desk, which is another thing that makes me believe like this must be one of the earlier attempts because like, right? Yeah, uh, and you also got this like you almost feel like this was done, and they're like, we're gonna figure out what episode to put it in front of because right. there is no like, I don't, I, I don't know if they were wearing the same clothes or not, but I mean, when, when the episode starts, Michael's coming in for the day, he's talking about how summer must end and it's sad and got West Nile virus and lost a lot of weight and went back to the lake and stepped on glass. I got infected even though he peed (laughs) on it. And then he had his inception joke, you know, because inception was huge 
for like 35 seconds. Right. Like that was like the biggest movie of all time and then it disappeared completely. And now you can pick it up for like five bucks in the Blu-ray bin at Walmart. Yeah, well, it's one of those things where, you know, it was so big, they probably just had a ton of, because uh, I used to work at Blockbuster and we had that um, certain movies during my time there had like guaranteed rentals, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I recall the Dark Knight came out and we had a whole four foot, six foot tall section dedicated to that movie only. <clears throat> um, and then like, you know, three weeks, four weeks later, once it starts to, we have to reduce the size of that space. You know, what we did do those movies. Hmm. We would either put them on sale. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Five bucks. Not bad. You know, it's like a four for 20 thing. Right. But we had a machine that destroyed the DVDs. So I would sit there and if it was like garbage, I'd be like, fine, whatever. But you put it through this weird shredder and it just scratches the disc and then you throw it in the garbage. I was like, what a waste. And you know, I mean, Blockbuster's out of business and I can't say that's all my responsibility, but (laughs) I took a fair share of those movies because they were all fine quality films and they they just overloaded them. So I feel like that's probably what happened with Inception is another one of those like, oh, we have to carry this. Right. It seems like, um, because I know a lot of like the high-end fashions, like Burberry and those guys, if whatever they don't sell, they burn. Like whatever that year's line is, if they overproduce, they just destroy it. Because they can't have it getting out on the open market and pulling down prices. Not that that really matters anymore, especially for movies <laughs> when you just like click two buttons and you're right. you know, watching it on Voodoo or whatever your preferred streaming movie rental site is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that happens. That's the beginning. We're back. Uh, Mike is sick. And uh, we find out that Gabe and Aaron are dating. Right. And... Erin is super happy that she had to say yes to her boss. Yeah. So I don't know where she got that idea. And if that was Gabe, I mean, that's like hardcore abuse of power, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is also the same string of episodes where we find out that Erin thinks disposable cameras don't actually contain film in them. So. Right. I think it's this episode. It's, I think it might be this one. Yeah. Whichever one, wherever they leave. But either way, they take a photo. She yeah, throws it's it this, out. this episode, yeah. So she's obviously not the smartest cookie. No, no, and we, we understand that. Like, like she's so naive. And, like, I yeah. don't know, like, she kind of plays that character well. Right. I don't know if it's her look or what, but she, like, essentially plays the same-ish character, except more so on Kimmy Schmidt, at least in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, the only time I've really seen her in something else was in, like, 21 or 22 jump street where she was like a sex crazed high school teacher yeah she did play that role she was in um i don't know if you remember Derek comedy but they had uh that was a uh, donald glover and all that stuff they did mm-hmm. bro rape on youtube um but they <laughs> yeah. came out with, yeah they came out with a movie called mystery team and uh ellie kemper plays this uh I don't know what they're supposed to be because they're like high school kids, but they act like they're, you know, the Hardy boys or whatever. So they feel like they're in elementary school. So Ellie Kemper plays a similarly unclear aged girl who rides a tricycle around town. Who's like, (laughs) you're boys, you're gross. (laughs) There was a, Oh, it was from Texas state. This girl got a DUI. 
And so she started like she bought a power wheel and was riding it around. <laughs> so I don't, like it was big. Like it blew up on the internet for a while. She knows how to roll. I had a I had a family member like at the university at the time, like taking pictures. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so, so I, I Andy's obviously that. pissed about Aaron dating Gabe. But we find out that like Gabe asked him and he said it was okay. Because when we leave season six is, you know, it seems like they're going to get hit it off because they were, you know, they're throwing Angie's bag up in there and Aaron's like, I think you did the right thing and all this other bullshit. And I don't know what happened after that. Like, why is Andy such a wuss here? Like, why did, like, if you were going to date her, that was the time to date her, you know? what, What happened there? It just... She's dating Gabe now, and Gabe apparently asked for permission, which is, you know, a cool thing to do on his part. But yeah, it's weird. It's, I mean, like I said, they, I feel like at some point Andy's character takes a turn, and it's not totally clear as to why it happens. Um, but it does. And I mean, well, it's not clear in terms of like natural character progression it's clear in terms of like why they wanted the story to go away to make it interesting. So like the whole shtick of Andy still pining for Aaron and like the, the glee watch party and all that jazz, like mm-hmm. that makes interesting stuff, but yeah, they definitely, you know, Andy's already prone to issues and I always have a problem where they kind of repeat storylines. So Andy being this weird insecure dude again, like he was with Angela. I'm like, well, we've been here before, you know, I was kind of looking forward to like now the Andy relationship thing. Right. And I don't know, it kind of makes sense in some respects because, you know, the Angela thing really messed him up. And we saw this when he was like talking to Jim and everything else. But when he becomes manager and starts dating, what's her name in season eight? Yeah. I cannot remember her name off the top of my head. He's much more confident, you know? That's true. And then he loses, I mean, I don't know. You say it doesn't make sense, but the more I look at Andy and his progression, the more it makes sense to me. The more it actually is like, okay, I can see why this happened. You may not like it, but he actually has very human motivations behind his stuff. You always say this stuff, and I'm like, Jacob's talking from some weird well of personal experience that we'll only ever find out when we finally release the Jacob Ingles podcast. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, if someone out there wants to do it, I'll be more than happy to sit on the couch and talk to you about all the stupid things. Done. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyways, that happens, right? He gives a very colorful uh, description of a whale eating Gabe. Right. And then we learn through like, Oh, what happened over the summer is Dwight bought the building. Yep. So he's beat farmer, B&B, whatever, top salesman, building owner, and then you burn the list for, right. well, for whatever reason, you know. Um, and then we find out Kelly um, went to the minority executive training program. Uh, so she's like super smart now. Yep. He's like, you could ask me what the top whatever companies are, and I'd be like, blah, 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 saying the exact right thing. That's right. And this is like when Kelly, like, she doesn't change, but she starts becoming more and more self-aware 
about who she really is. Yeah. I guess in this episode, she's like, what did I say? I talk so much, I just start to tune myself out. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, we learned that Daryl blew out his knees, is which is, so he's like, so apparently he didn't get his full year of softball out of them that he thought. Right. That's why he didn't do the... The training. The training, which comes back later in season eight during the Lotto episode. Um, and then we meet a new assistant. Luke Cooper. So, uh, I mean, so he's kind of loosely featured in this episode and he's part of one of the primary storylines, but Jacob, who mostly does the notes here, uh, had one fact to include about Luke. He's, he's a, a film buff. Yep. Yeah. And he loves Citizen Kane and Boondock Saints. I mean, who doesn't love Boondock Saints? I mean, it's such a college guy answer, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. You, granted, uh, I've never seen Citizen Kane, which I know I should, but right. whatever. I mean, not to be that guy, but I watched it in my film class. But. Well, I mean, it's widely considered the greatest film of all time. Yeah. I mean, I've read articles about how we should no longer list it as the best film of all time because we all know it. So, like, let another movie be the best film of all time, and we all just accept that Citizen Kane can't be touched. <laughs> because, like, what's the point of, like, printing a top 100 list and wasting the space <laughs> where we all know what that answer is going to be, you know? So, it's so good it should no longer be listed. It's, like, the best. So, you re- essentially right. retire the number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's always going to be the 101 best movies, and no one ever lists number one anymore. We always just start from two. Right. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a documentary about the making of the Boondock Saints, which I've is re- really good because it's all from like home videos taken around. it. There's no narration or anything. Oh, it just cut together behind just, the scenes. Yeah. Like, you just see like the downfall of this, uh, this thing. And it's, it's, it's really good. It makes, it doesn't take away from the movie for me, but you know, you understand why this director, who is obviously very talented, didn't get anything done because he pissed off Harry Weinstein, which, right. you know, he didn't have tits, so he couldn't make up for it, I guess. There you go. He said it, not me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember I used to work at my college radio station and we had apprentices. And I, one, one of my apprentices showed up and he was wearing a Boondock Saints hoodie. You know, it had the brother on either side of the zipper. Uh-huh. So he goes to unzip the hoodie, and the dude is wearing the exact same T-shirt underneath. I was like, come on. Like, you're either doing that as a joke, or you just don't get how stupid this is. And I think it was the second one. If we So um, everyone really hates Luke because yes. he's awful. We don't, Do we know how long he's been there? No. I mean, based on how these first episodes go, it tends to be like, a recap, so he's probably like a summer intern. So he was probably wrapping up his time there anyways. Well, he's not an intern. Well, I don't think he was an intern. Okay. He was actually hired to be there. You're right, because they do call him an assistant. Right, and he doesn't make any, like, he doesn't say he's going to school. Right. You know. Um, So everyone hates him. We get this other side thing where... Jim is pranking Dwight by adding um, keys to his gigantic key ring that he now has because he owns the building. Right. Um, 
which we learned that the bigger the keychain, the more powerful the man, which that means I am not a very powerful man because I got like four keys on my keychain. I was going to say, I use one of those smart key things, you know, where all my ish folds into itself. Oh, nice. So yeah, similarly, also a weak guy over here. Like I got two car keys, uh, a house key and like another key and that's it. <laughs> But I like I'm not I just I don't like carrying keys around. I'm, yeah. Um but Pam laughs when Jim's doing this and completely blows the prank. Yeah. Um and so she feels bad and this sort of starts sort of the B storyline about everything where Pam is trying to prank Dwight because apparently he hasn't been got in a while. Yeah. And he's starting to get a little mad about it. Yeah, he's kind of getting a little too big for his britches. You know, he's walking around with this uh, hydration backpack to stay hydrated, hands-free. Um, yeah. Meredith hadn't thought about that with, like, you know, vodka tonics. It's like... <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, but I'm sure after seeing Dwight, she was a little inspired. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so Jim's just trying to put Dwight in his place, knock him down a couple notches, you know, but that that goes out the window but pam's like i gotta make it up to jim mm-hmm. and so we uh like something i noticed and i don't know if it stays this way i don't think it does but in this episode jim's using a trackball mouse uh-huh. like what kind of like monster is this person who uses a trackball yeah i don't know it's terrible um i know we we should be well into laser mice at this point oh yeah i mean some people still love the trackball but Man, I the, you definitely go down a notch or two in my book if you use a trackball. Yeah. Um, National Ice Cream Afternoon. Right. right. So he sends them out to get something, and he gets, like, two small pints of, like, soy ice cream and bagel chips. Yeah. So and it doesn't go very well, and so... Michael has this conference room meeting and he's like, don't, don't, don't bother Luke. He's got like all these don'ts around like a, a circle through bother Luke. And it just gets really stupid. Right. And we start, like, we learn that Luke is related to Michael. Yeah. Which, yeah. It's a, it's a weird relation too, right? It's a sister-in-law's kid or something. It's stepsister's kid. So yeah. he's a step. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nephew. That's right. Because of Jeff or whatever his name is. Right. And so, like, it's weird because in every business I've been in, you have to disclose that kind of thing when you hire somebody. And yeah, to who? Well, HR, I guess. That's it, right? HR, your superior, who I guess would be Joe. Because there really are no VPs are there like not that we know of anyway it's just like the sea levels and the managers there's no buffer there is no jan position here right um yeah that's right yeah i just started watching season four again i was gonna say ryan but that is incorrect right well that that position whatever that vp position was there just doesn't seem to be that in here yeah um so michael starts getting really defensive yeah. Which is pretty funny. He's like, who did God call on when he, he needed help on earth? That's right. His son, Jesus. Yeah. He's like, and Michael says something to the effect of, 
it's just unfair that God can do something I can't. Yep. <laughs> uh, which is a very reasonable person to compare yourself to. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, what if they had held open auditions for the band Hanson? Yeah. And then he comes up with these ridiculous scenarios of who would have been hired in that situation. Like a murderer. Well, because he's under the impression that the name was first. And right, that's not right. Based on the brothers. Mm-hmm. They actually make pretty good beer now. They have their own brewery in Oklahoma. Well, you got to do something. You can't be 35 to 40 and playing umbop still. Actually, they have a pretty solid rock band. They're touring again, and it's, you know, good, decent, alt- well, I would say good. It's okay alternative rock. Add it to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're, they're like the nat, one of the national treasures of Oklahoma. We don't have, we don't have yeah. much. Hanson, oh, God, she was huge for a while. Country singer. Shania Twain. No, like Faith Hill. No, it's not Miranda Lambert, but really blonde girl. I cannot remember her name for the life of me. Carrie Britney Underwood. Spears. Oh, Carrie Underwood. Oh, she's still big. She still does stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. She but she was huge for a while. So uh what what I do love is like Creed is saying stuff about how he like he doesn't care about nepotism. But he loves the debate, and he's like great minds battling it out. It's just this silly thing. Yeah, yeah. And we also get Kelly trying to be funny or smart with her. Oh, I just want to add about the uh, the level playing field. That is a zoning issue. <laughs> well, she's smart now. She is smart. What does she call herself later? I think it's later this... Yeah, it is later this season, like, the business bitch. Yeah, that's right. She's got, like, the business bitch and something else, the shopping bitch or something like that. Yeah, she's, like, trying to brand herself on social media or something as such, right? Is that what it was? Like, I, I, don't, so. I don't remember what exactly what it is. Um, well, so, also... Like you said, the shtick was they sent Luke out for this ice cream mm-hmm. so they could talk about him. So he comes back. Everybody's extremely disappointed. Not only did he bring back soy ice cream. Right. Um, but he brought back bagel chips, but he didn't have dip or something. Well, Which, he also, like, he he bought, like, two pints of that and a bag of bagel chips. Like, right. not nearly enough for the entire office. Yeah, that's right. He's like, oh, I didn't have a list. It's like, right? He's like such a such a douche. And we also learned that the reason that like um, Michael's family didn't like him was that he lost Luke in a in a forest once. Right. (laughs) Don't know how, but he did. Um. So that yeah, that's the last straw for it. So. Let's see. Uh, so now we 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 shift gears here mm. um, to Pam, kind of trying to figure out a way to uh, fix her prank debacle, right? Right. And she, it's not not a bad plan that she comes up with, which is to uh, get Dwight 
kind of trying to be confused as to why his elevator is not working. Right. But she gets Kevin. Why did she go with Kevin to do this? He's like, oh, <sighs> let me just look at the circus board. Yeah. Because uh, he's, he's, well, that's a good point, right? I was going to say, I think he's a good accomplice overall because he's pretty like scapegoaty. But um, yeah. in terms of the, the task at hand, terrible. I mean, to be fair, he does what he's supposed to do. He does yeah, screw up the right. elevator. It yeah. just kind of freaks out. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know. It might be a built-in safety thing because I know elevators, if they start messing up a little bit, they just kind of shut, you know, they lock themselves down. Right. You know, so people don't plummet to their death and all that stuff. Yeah. Let, let me tell you a story about getting stuck in an elevator, Jacob. Oh, you've been stuck in an elevator. Yeah, once or twice. <laughs> and uh, so what had happened was we were at a birthday party in the city. It was a billiards hall or something. And, you know, uh, it's a weird place to have a billiards hall. So the thing was like on the fifth floor of some office building. On our way out, the fellow at the door, because it was also a bar, so he was checking ideas, he says, uh, don't jump the elevator. And the fact that he says this, I mean, like, you said it. Now, of course, someone's going to do it, right? It's like the whole <laughs> red button complex, like... No one jumps in an elevator normally, I think, but for some reason he said it. So someone in our group uh, decided to jump in the elevator. And once you know it, the elevator just stops. We're stuck <laughs> like two floors down in between floors. So we hear the music from the pool hall above us and stuff. We've got the birthday guy in our elevator and people are trying to text us being like, hey, where are you at? You might have to take the stairs. Some idiots got stuck in the elevator. <laughs> and where the idiots stuck in the elevator, and of course, once you know it, there's a uh, a young lady in her elevator who is claustrophobic. Guess who jumped? Her girlfriend. So now, so and it was it was wonderful. I thought it was hilarious. Um, that being said, I was fortunate enough that no one was peeing in the corner of the elevator. Right, because you have to establish a pee corner. I mean. That's right. It is what it is. It, what I what I love, and we see Dwight do this a couple of times where he's like, he asked, did you SMS text message me? Yeah. And he refers to this, I think, in, in season eight or nine when Angela finds out that the senator was having the affair with um, Oscar. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so it's just something that Dwight does. So just being very literal. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. And of course, you know, trying to make up for it, Pam was going to record the whole thing on her phone and I guess show it to Jim after the fact. She didn't realize she'd be so directly involved, I guess. Right. And she gets some of it. So, you know, hopefully Jim got a little something out of it. Yeah. So now we go back to the office and the son of a gun, Luke, has now acquired a laser pointer. And they're doing it while they're like, well, for, well, yeah. And so we, they're doing it while Michael's trying to give a PowerPoint presentation. So good on Michael for finally learning PowerPoint. Right. PowerPoint, PowerPoint, PowerPoint. Right. And so, um, so 
yeah. He comes in and like Michael won't or Michael Luke won't stop, and for whatever reason, Michael just loses it and starts to spank Luke. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've seen Mike around kids during uh, Bring Your Daughter to Work Day, and he's not like great, right? He says in that episode they're they're adults for god's sakes like <laughs> in the same line where he's expressing that kids are easy uh right. so in this situation i think he's probably got some really archaic know-how about how kids should be treated and again luke must be 18 19 plus right yeah so, i mean i'd assume so so he grabs luke takes him and lays him over andy's desk and just starts smacking his butt mm-hmm uncomfortable it's what the office is known for (laughs) yeah it is very uncomfortable but it's pretty funny and there's part of it where i'm like yeah luke really kind of deserves that but yeah yeah (laughs) uh what's this finally a kid not talking about betty white yeah so reason why creed follow him follows him on twitter yeah that's right which we all know that we would follow Creed on Twitter if he were a real, well, he's a real person, but if Creed from the office was a real person, we would all be following him on Twitter. Probably a lot of links to his uh, Creed Thoughts blog. <laughs> oh, um, so at the very end, sort of tying it up, episode, tying the episode up, Gabe says the lawyer said we could have it with a, um, calling it a stress-induced outburst. With six hours of counseling with a certified whatever. That's right. Person. And we learned that Toby is a certified counselor. Yep. And it's in Michael's like, is this the only option? He's like, well, it's either this or termination. And he thinks about it for <laughs> yeah. a long minute. Um, yeah, I mean, so that that's really like the perfect setup for mm-hmm. our next episode. Right. So, uh, sir, what would you give this one? Uh, I like this episode. It's good, you know, coming back into it. Pretty funny. Uh, really sets up the season because there's a lot of stuff. Well, actually, the next two seasons, really, because there's this whole Andy pining for Aaron that keeps going. Dwight owning the building is a recurring thing for the rest of the season or not season series. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of good. And we see Kelly being a bit more, not professional, but more professional. Like she's at least dressing more professional. Right. Right. She's got like the power suits on and stuff. Right. So, um, th- yeah. So I'm going to give this 3.5 out of five SMS text messages. It's a great call, and I'm going to agree with that number, sir. I give it 3.5 out of 5 extra keys. Nice. But yeah, no, you're right. It's a very solid beginning, uh, which is why, again, I will be depressed later on as we finish this season because it's always worse at the end. And it doesn't feel like it's a setup, but it is a setup. Like, they, they set up a lot, but it doesn't feel forced. That's right. That's right. Like, in, in such a way that as this stuff comes up again later, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Right. As opposed to like, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. Right. Because, yeah, it's it's flicking the pebble down the hill instead of, th- you know, throwing a snowball at somebody. Yeah. 
our next episode, season seven, episode two, Counseling, also directed by Jeffrey Blitz and written by B.J. Novak. B.J. Novak, as you know, plays Ryan. Correct. In case you didn't know that, Jacob. <laughs> I know you've never watched a show before, so. Right, right. That's some trivia for you guys out there who, uh, you know, want a little bit of inside information about The Office. Right. It's a, it's it's not really a cold open, but it's kind of a cold open. So CC is making Jim and Pam late for work. Yep. So Dwight's like, I'm going to open up a daycare. And the only way that Dwight could... Um, and he has this like really like quote unquote evil laugh. He's like, is this great line? He's like, well, it's not an evil idea, but there's no good laugh for a normal idea. Right. <laughs> Such a good Dwight line. I loved it. Yeah. So he, he takes it, he takes them down to what was the Michael Scott paper company. Um, the Sesame, Sesame Avenue for children. Yep. Which is, of course, you know, exactly where you want to do it. And he's got all this just terrible stuff where he's got this, like, insane clown posse uh, poster on the wall where he just writes your scribbles over everything that isn't clown. Yeah. Uh, the magical toy box. Right. With uh, just, fork, like, plastic forks and knives with this random soy pack. And Dwight's very embarrassed about the soy pack. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, and the, really the best part of it, the most versatile and really standout thing in this daycare that's going to make it like the best daycare in Scranton mm-hmm. are the buckets. Right. The feeding trough, uh, the bathroom, and general? There's, like a potting, there's a potting plant bucket or something too for like... Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember exactly what it was. Um but yeah, it's um, it was something stupid like that. Yeah, and of course they're all plain old rusty silver buckets that look exactly the same. So right, you obviously got it off his farm. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I'm just looking forward to the time where some kids taking a deuce while another kid's trying to eat out of the trough, <laughs> hoping for no you know fecal splash. And he's like, "Well, who's going to watch him?" And he's like, "Oh, we don't have to worry about that because it locks from the outside." And so they lock. Uh, Dwight and Moe's in the office with no lights on. Yep. So you kind of wonder where he, like, when they let him out, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, it's kind of a cold open. We don't really go back here. Yeah, but yeah. But yeah. And it's cool how they sort of keep recycling this location. Well, because it was ca- so it was Michael Scott Paper Company. Mm-hmm. It was Cafe Disco. Right. And it was this daycare. Later on, they turn it into a gym. Right. Which yeah, that so. happens in season eight. So. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of we get into it with Michael working with Toby, and he hates it, and he just wants to bust it out, get it done, whatever. Um. So they're, they're just sitting in the break room and Toby's really excited. You know, um, he's like, maybe I can do something because, you know, you can kind of tell that Toby wants to be at least have a working relationship that isn't so animosity filled with Michael. Right. And, it, and, and in this one, we actually do see a small retcon where Toby went to Temple University, which is a very good school. Uh, well, you know, 
depending on what you're going for. But in general, it's a pretty highly ranked school. But I remember we we just like there was another episode where you went to some fictitious university that we talked. We actually talked about it at length a couple seasons ago. Well, because we know in season one he went to the same high school as Katie, this fictional Bishop O'Hara High School, uh, which is I guess a school that competed with. Roy's high school, and I guess by that sense, Roy and Pam's high school because they played each other in football. Right. But yeah, so now Tobes is a it's a temple man. I mean, also too, I wonder because he went to school, but is that his? Was that also his divinity school? Right, but he dropped out of divinity school. He did well, but I wonder if he was there for temple, or did he graduate from temple and then go to a divinity school and then drop out of divinity school? That's a good question. Well, I guess he must have graduated with some degree to be HR and to be a certified counselor. Right, right. Uh, Well, and Temple makes sense. It's in Philly. Yeah. I I didn't realize Temple was in Philly. He's one of those colleges with like multiple campuses across the state. Uh, I'm sure it does. For some reason, I didn't think it was there. And I also didn't, wow. I mean, as private universities go, it's kind of cheap. <laughs> there you go. $26,000 a year for out of state. How much? 26000 out of state. That is cheap, actually. I for think a private I... school. Yeah. yeah. Um, there you go, kids, if you're a research university. Interesting. If you, you can get it, go to Temple. Yeah. Typical. Yeah. How are their parties? Probably not great. I mean... Yeah. Notable alumni, Bob Saget, Daryl Hall, and Bill Cosby. Daryl Hall. Is that, is he SNL? Who's Daryl Hall? I don't know who Daryl Hall is. Uh, rock and R&B soul singer, keyboard, guitar, songwriter, producer. Oh, Hall Notes. Yeah, Hall Notes. That's it. Sorry. My bad. That's also where John Oates was from. <laughs> so, shocker. Who the hell's Oates? Just kidding. Okay. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, this, this counseling session is just, it's pretty amazing. Michael is just so adamant about giving Toby nothing. Right. And he is such a dick to Toby. Yeah. Like, I mean, a little bit at the beginning, but when we get there, there there's a turn in this episode where like something happens, but yeah, Michael really turns on his dickishness to Toby. Um, Almost to a point where, like, all the other times he's a jerk to Toby, like, in this series, it's still funny. But the, the, the moments in this episode where he's a jerk to Toby are just, like, I feel like there are so many lines that are crossed. Yeah. No, this yeah. is bad. Yeah. Like, normally it's, it's yeah, it's mean, but it's in a funny way. This is just mean. Yeah, just mean. Um, Did your mom ever see you naked? Right. There's this great line from um, Phyllis where he's like, Michael really needs therapy. He's got a lot of issues and he's stupid. Yeah. (laughs) I just love it. I love it. Um, And there's actually, it's an interesting episode because there's three full storylines that really do not cross over. Um, They kind of play into each other because the reason, especially, so three storylines are, uh, Michael and Toby doing counseling. Yep. Uh, Dwight in the mall. 
Yep. And Pam becoming the office manager. Right. Without the A and B storyline happening, the C storyline can't happen because all the people above Pam are busy pretty much. Right, are preoccupied, yeah. Right. I mean, ultimately, I think she still has to get their signatures because she does get Michael's signature. We see that in like a, a quick cutaway while she's talking. Right, but, you know... You know, if Dwight had been there when she was, when he came in asking about the window treatments or whatever it was, oh, sure. yeah, 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 that he would have said something being the owner of the building. The building, that's right. Yeah. So, all the people who would say something, because even Jim probably would have made some stupid, funny remark. Right. So mm-hmm. everyone who would have said something is gone, and that yeah. allows her to spin her web of deceit yeah uh, so it's really funny um well first like Pam is struggling in sales like hardcore yeah. struggling and um she she's like tell me I'm good at sales and or tell me like the looks at Jim like tell me I'm pretty or, like then tell me right. I'm good at sales and he's like he can't do it or won't do it or something yeah. Well, he, he like paused because the first one is like, tell me it's going to be okay. Like whatever it is, you know, the, the constant ethereal it. And he's like, yeah, of course we're going to get through it. And then she's like, tell me I'm good at sales. And like his, his quickness with his first answer causes the pause in this answer to be extremely noticeable. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's really funny. And, but like the look she gives him, like her hair, it's like, oh, like there, there are a few times where like Pam just like melts my heart with her prettiness. And this is one of them. For listeners at home, just to give you some behind the scenes stuff here, the note Jacob has here is hashtag swoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, again, I'm watching, uh, I was watching season three, season four recently. And, uh, during the interview, it's come out at this point that Jim and Pam and Karen, it's like this kind of weird trifecta thing. So Kevin corners Jim and's like, you know, trying to figure out who would you rather, basically, right? Right. So my girlfriend posed the question to me. And uh, it's, it's a tough call, but they're both very pretty ladies. I had a great reason as to why I picked Jenna Fisher, though. Oh, because she would get Rashida Jones. That's why. So there we go. <laughs> she made my choice for me. Now, the, well, the thing, though, is, is like, well, for most of us who are fans of both Parks and Rec and The Office, I think the real debate is, do you take Karen or Anne? Do you take Anne or Pam? Anne or Pam, huh? <sighs> Probably Anne. You know, because Pam, Pam is such a small town girl. In a lot of ways, like there's a lot, especially even from, from this point moving forward, there's just a lot of instances of her like being like a Pennsylvania girl, right? In a way that's like not unattractive, but then when compared to like Ann Perkins, and she's so like she's like really the voice of reason in a way that sometimes the office starts to lose voices of reason, right? And I don't know, it's tough, it's tough. Um, you know, you asked me this question a year ago, it's instant. Pam, but you know Anne seems really fun lo- like more fun loving you know that kind of stuff versus Pam so who's to say yeah. who's to say these fictional debates that we have 
I mean, you saw Pam lip sync her heart out in the beginning of last episode. So yep. who, who doesn't love fun uh, like Pam? <laughs> and so we, we, we learned that Dwight wants everyone to cancel their business with the Steamtown Mall. And he was calling like all their customers, Andy's, Phil's, whatever, cancel, like ranting at them, dropping the F bomb on them. Very unprofessional, very undwight. Yeah. And we learned that he wanted this thing and the, the, the pre, a precious heirloom, you know? Yeah. Yep. Uh, which is definitely not a precious heirloom, but whatever. Uh, but they wouldn't let him in because they're appearances. Yeah. <coughs> Sons of bitches. And uh, so I, I think it was. Uh, Kelly's idea to oh yeah this, this is one of the moments where she's like she said oh you should totally pretty woman them and Jim's like oh that's a great idea and she's like what did I say I thought yeah. <laughs> like she yeah. just said it and like she wasn't paying attention right <clears throat> well so we get this fun talking head moment where first Dwight is trying to recount what he knows about pretty woman based on what has been told to him right a sex worker is supposed to be the yeah. protagonist. Wait, that can't uh, be right. Yeah. Then uh, Andy can't wait, so he jumps in to do it. And again, this is in the talking head space of the large conference room or whatever. And then while he's doing it, uh, what's your face? Kelly runs in and finishes the whole thing, and Andy's kind of dejected by the whole thing. He's like, I was, I was telling it. Right. And so yeah, Andy interrupts Dwight. Dwight. Yeah. And then when Andy gets interrupted, he gets upset. <laughs> yeah, well, because it's gonna it's like the line, right? It's like the line that they're hoping that Dwight gets to say when he does it to these people. Right. Uh have you ever seen the movie Pretty Woman? Uh once or twice, but many moons ago. Yeah, I have never seen it. A friend of mine from college, she really wanted me to watch it with her and it never happened. And I don't see it unless it's one of those things where like I'm for whatever reason, have cable TV again. Like I'm flipping through the channels and it's on. I might watch it, but I don't ever see actually watching that movie. Yeah, I mean, we in, in our household we like to use Friday night as a night to get a a little uh, a little under the influence and uh, watch some movies that maybe we wouldn't normally watch. So that's how we tend to get in a lot of these uh, these oddities. <laughs> Although to be fair, last time we watched. Uh, American Tale. Oh, that's a good one. I never watched it before. I only really? ever watched Five Goes West, which uh, I was the only one. I didn't know that series, man. It's crazy. Yeah, American Tale. It's a classic. It's like hardcore yeah. classic. It was, I, I got emotional. Oh, yeah. Bible, man. <laughs> He's balling. Yeah, he is. Uh, so... Yeah, you have here Dwight has this fancy headset as he's doing all these calls. Too. Right. Well, what's sad is I actually recognize the headset. And it's like a $400 headset. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what's crazy, though? It's like headsets for like uh, VoIP phones or whatever, like a lot of office phones. Like they tend to be expensive because they're not traditional plugs. Right. So you need well, adapters and all that kind of stuff because I have to buy the headsets for my office, too. And it's like, well, not, and, why isn't it a why isn't it a regular stereo plug, Jacob? Why well, is it and, like, I, and some of the, especially like the nicer wireless ones, like what he has, yeah, um, you can set them up to switch seamlessly between like a Skype or Link call, 
and if you want to, you can click a button and it'll seamlessly roll into your cell phone and you can just do it Bluetooth on your cell phone without the people on the other end knowing, you know, being the wiser. So, and the, you know, they've got like 12 hours of battery life and, you know, they're supposed to be amazing, but they're, they are expensive, but they're cool. Yeah. Well, but I don't spend much time on the phone, thankfully. Thank goodness. <laughs> Just podcasts. Uh, <laughs> no, this is the most I talk. Like I probably talk more during this podcast than I do like <laughs> all the week. eight hours I'm at work. <laughs> That's funny. For the entire week. <laughs> yeah, do it. Um. So. Let's see, trying to pick up where we left off. Here. Yeah, this is yeah, where so like, the guy comes in asking about the window treatments, and Pam's like, he's asked for the office office administrator or yes. something like that. Um, and Pam calms her way into the job. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, everybody's quiet. So she says, I am, and no one says anything. And she's like, We don't need it in such like an obviously theatrical way. You're right. Um, and she gets this plan going, so she decides to go to Gabe to express that she was promoted just prior to the Sabre acquisition, and the paperwork must have gotten lost. And, you know, she's not trying to say it's Gabe's fault, but what can be done to fix this issue? Right. He's like, hey, just give me the signatures of everyone. We'll make it all cool. And so she goes around getting the signatures, which apparently is pretty easy. Yep. There's some... There's some uh, toy cat love for angela there's some type of raunchy air humping story for meredith right uh <laughs> michael doesn't for, care because he's pissed off at toby that's and, right and so like toby really wants michael to talk yeah. you know and so michael's like sure i'll talk and he just starts like i was probed by an alien life form an alf maybe it was alf um he's like they say it doesn't have a bottom half but it does right <laughs> uh yeah so it's just bad like we were talking about earlier but this is just it's just bad for me like yeah. i have a hard time i have a hard time with this one i really do i don't know why yeah. exactly but i do well yeah, I mean, just to jump ahead a little bit in the storyline, I mean, Toby does some clever reverse psychology stuff here where he's like, well, let's just watch a movie and let's color or whatever, and we'll just ride this six hours out. And, of course, that's that's exactly what Michael needs to let his guard down to, like, open right, up. Start playing games and, uh, yeah, and he opens up for a little while and then pulls back and then he – Toby gives him the sheet and Michael just marks like the worst things possible <laughs> on the sheet. Yeah. Well, because what's tough is when Mike is revealing stuff, like some of it is like it's stuff that probably a therapist should hear. Oh, There's some, definitely. Yeah, 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 definitely. Because he's got some, he's got some really, and we know this, he's had issues with his mom remarrying and Jeff. Right. You know, he, he has really weird visions of how managers are perceived in the world. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, my, my mother's boyfriend who she married, like she won't. Right. He never says my stepdad or anything like that. 
do we do we actually know what happened to his dad? Did he just like up and leave? Did he die? Do we know? Like I don't. Yeah, they don't really say it. Yeah, but it seems like based on this marriage, like he probably had an affinity for his father. Right. That yeah. Um, and we learned that the reason why he wanted to be a manager was because of a baseball game and all this right. other stuff. Um, yeah, so I don't know. But, it's just, uh, but he, so, so Toby asked a question. And Mike's like, well, it's not a therapy session or it's not a counseling session. And then he like realizes that he's just being right, counseled. that he's actually being counseled. So then, like, then, like you said, this is where he flips on Toby, and it's super terrible. It's like the worst of the worst. So Toby gives him the forms, and right, I, Mike probably assumes he's ticking off whatever, like the good job, good job, right? Song, but he does like suicidal, violent tendencies or whatever. Could instead. be homicidal. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, uh, while this is happening, the pretty woman moment is about to happen. So mm-hmm. Dwight is all done up. He's got some. Ascot scarf going on. Right. Got a pipe. Which I love the pipe. I think it's a great, great yeah. touch. There's a great bit where like someone's like, lose the glasses. So instead of just taking them off, he throws them on the floor and steps on them. And then Brian and Phyllis are like, Oh, I like the glasses. It's like because I can't see anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then right, as they're leaving, uh Aaron takes her photo with the disposable camera that she throws in the way and says how she wishes you could see the pictures. Right. <laughs> uh and so uh Gabe calls Pam in. Yep. I was like, look, I have gone over everything for the last three years, can't find anything. And Pam bows up to him, is like, tell me I'm lying. Make a decision. Tell me I have the job or I don't. And she gave herself a decent salary, 40000 a year, yep. you know, which is probably more than she was making as a salesperson. Especially if her sales were garbage. You're right. Yep. Um, it, she just like bowls him over because Gabe's a wuss. Yes. And he's like, you know, the thing you need to learn about watching or the thing you learn when you're watching World Poker Tour at 2 a.m. is you play the person. And she played Gabe perfectly because she just was like, hey, make a decision. And the or Gabe's a puss, so he just rolled over for her. Yeah, I mean, he leaves his opening, right? He's like, because he says, like, if you can admit, and he, like, leaves this, like, open state. So, yeah, he, he definitely makes it clear that he's not going to say this thing. Right, and then he's like at the end of the meeting, he's like, "Can I get one of those name those plates with my name on?" It? Yeah, yeah. It was funny when I showed up first day of my my job that I have now. My name plate had the wrong name on it. Oh yeah, <laughs> it spelled my last name badly. When I call people in my office, uh, it says uh, J Ray R A Y Rovera. <laughs> so. That's always fun. Nice. Um, so we get it. We get in the mall, right? We're in the mall, um, and uh, Dwight Dwight starts getting into the salespeople. It's like I was here yesterday, and um, you wouldn't sell to me. He's like, "Oh, I remember you." And we, you know, the 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 mall guys like, "Hey, if you had just been in accordance with our dress policy." 
And we learned that he had just come out from beet harvesting and looked like he had strangled somebody, actually someone's to death. <laughs> well, because also too, like, so he's covered in red. Right. He's also wearing like uh, denim overalls with no shirt underneath either. So he like right. straight up looks like like from the hills have eyes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Some kind of weird nuclear murder baby. And um, I, I, so, lo- I love that Dwight, he like buys the wizard anyway. Well, so what's interesting is that it's a store where you have to be buzzed in anyways. I mean, I don't, I don't know how, I don't go to many malls in Pennsylvania, but in New Jersey, specifically where I live, I am within 10 miles of like seven malls. It's probably a slight overstatement, but three off the top of my head, possibly four. And none of those malls have like a, you need to buzz for access. I've never seen a mall with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe if it's a store that has like understaffed, so they need some security or whatever, but even this wizard, I mean, it's made of pewter, right? So the whole thing could like bend and stuff, especially in certain temperatures. Right. And he's holding a crystal, but like, is it a real crystal? To dictate, like, is this really an expensive item or not, you know? But I mean, to Dwight it is. As big as it is, it's probably a couple hundred bucks at least, you know? Just, yeah. I mean, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty detailed and it's pretty tall. It's at least a foot tall. At least that's what it seems like. Yeah. I mean, so have you ever seen Hot Toys, Jacob? Hot Toys? Yeah, it's not a, it's not a creepy thing. <laughs> or, or do they make those really big figurines? They're like supposed to be like super realistic. They're like yeah, from the yeah, side show collectibles. Yeah, they have a big thing at Comic Con every year. Yeah. So let's see. Okay. So here we go. There's a uh, Ray and BB-8 from Force Awakens. It's a sixth scale figure. Uh, you have to join a wait list, but it's two hundred and eighty nine dollars. Right. Is the Pewter Wizard the same price as this Ray collectible? Probably. Okay. Does it look as nice as this Ray collectible? Probably uh, not. Probably not. I feel like I was unimpressed with the close-ups. But just to give our listeners at home a reference here. Uh, that's Yeah. Uh, Emperor Palpatine looks pretty dope. Boba yeah. Fett Deluxe figure. All right. I'm not shopping. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. So he's doing his spiel. They reveal the thing. And Dwight's supposed to walk out, having given them the business. Okay. And, so uh, I actually found something. Okay. Where they auctioned the prop off for charity, and it is eight by six. Eight by six. So oh, I guess like because it's it's got some wingspan, right? With holding out the crystal or whatever. Right. Uh, and this one was signed by Rain Wilson. Man, I would have paid way too much money for that. Does it say how much it went for though? No, um, no, I'm not seeing it. All right. All right. Well, there's a Boba Fett here on this. Boba Fett's my dude. Pre-order 267, maybe. Sleep with it at night. All right, anyways. So uh so he buys he buys the crystal wizard. Mm-hmm. Totally negates the purpose of doing the whole pretty woman thing. Right. And, and so like you know, flashback to Toby and Michael. Um you know, Toby's like, hey, you did this thing. And Michael gets upset and then blames Gabe and somehow gets Toby to laugh, which smooths things over. It's like, all right, let's do this. And so they start playing more games. Right. And it seems to go pretty well. 
Yep. So maybe, maybe Mike, maybe this is what got Michael over the hump to be ready for Holly. Right. Well, so, you know, we'll, we'll do our ratings of it, but we didn't say it at the top of the show, but this is the last season of Michael Scott. Right. It is. So we're starting to see some storylines either close up or get some traction because they're going to need to end because these relationships won't be explored anymore after this. Right. Right. Uh, And then we have this like flash where Ryan is just saying all sorts of crazy things about like, uh, he's like earth, (laughs) you have to live here or whatever. Right. Uh, Counseling is a narcissism machine. Psychiatrists are more crazy than their patients. You know, like therapists are whores or something like that. Yeah, he's like, I don't know. Just use the best one. <laughs> and that's how we close the episode. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think? I like this one. It's funny. Rating? I think it's pretty funny episode. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really quick because are the three storylines. So you're bouncing back and forth. Good pacing. Like so it was just a three point seven out of five sex worker protagonists. Wow. Uh, yeah, I feel like we are on the same page. Uh, and just just to be positive to counteract my negativity that will inevitably happen later, <laughs> I give it a three point eight out of five nameplates. Nice, nice. Yeah, uh, super so- solid, super funny. Everybody's like up their game, like they're they're doing their characters to the best of their abilities. I'm glad they're getting away from the Pam salesperson thing because that was all kind of boring. Again, it's just like, it's not fun to watch the characters struggle and not in a way that feels organic. So this is, this is better. Right. Right. Agreed. All right. So thanks for coming out. Um, Again, you can find us at uh, broken jars at XYZ broken jars, broadcasting and gmail.com patreon.com forward slash broken jars. You can find me at, at Jacob Ingles on Twitter. Uh, and we will see y'all in like a week and a half because this one's coming to you late. There it is. Bye guys. Bye.